Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. It's time for Dodger Baseball. And that's right Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Mookie Betts, Craig I don't care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. What is up, Dodgers Nation? And welcome to the episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. Should the Dodgers trade for Randy Arozarena and Tyler Glass now? Will they hit the market there's a tweet out there that's suggesting that they are available the Dodgers are linked to Seth Lugo we'll explore that as a possibility we got an update on Dylan Cease but the first thing I wanted to point out was happy little belated birthday to Vin Scully it was his birthday yesterday and I thought it was so cool and if you saw the Dodgers they tweeted out a picture of a rainbow over Dodger Stadium on Vin's birthday how awesome is this? You got this perfect rainbow. I don't know if it was a double rainbow or anything like that. It was a double rainbow. Check it out. A double rainbow. I don't know if at the end of that rainbow, there was a Shohei Otani or a, a Yoshinobu Yamamoto, or if that's a good sign of things to come. But yeah, I thought that was really special, that rainbow over Dodger Stadium yesterday. A little fun fact about Vin Scully. I mean, this is not just the best baseball announcer. He literally is the best broadcaster in sports history. There's not a lot of things that we can say, okay, this is the GOAT. Or even there's debates about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, right? There's debates about who's the best quarterback of all time. There is not one person out there that is saying that Vin Scully isn't the best baseball broadcaster of all time. I mean, he started his career back in 1950 with the Dodgers. He called over 9,000 games, 20 new hitters, three perfect games. He went ice skating with Jackie Robinson. He played baseball against the president back in college and yeah just what an incredible career and yeah just really always think of Vin on his birthday and really one of the guys really make me fall in love with this great game of baseball but we got lots to get into and we're going to start with Randy Arozarena Randy Arozarena I need some Randy Arozarena in my life I need Randy Arozarena in Dodger Blue now there was a tweet that came out MLB nerds saying that the Tampa Bay Rays would be open to trading for him. And then a guy by the name of Jack Azule Heron 
tweet out big news regarding the outfielder market the razor shopping outfielder randy arosarena and there's a good chance that he has moved sources tell at mlb nerds so yes this isn't jeff passing this isn't ken rosenthal this isn't john morosi this isn't bob Niga. this is not someone robert murray not one of these top mlb insiders but even if he, even if that has been reported by one of the big guns, it doesn't mean it's not possible. I mean, if you look at where the Rays are at, they're going to begin the year with the highest payroll they've had. You look at Randy Rose Reina, he's estimated to take home $7 million around that number in arbitration. He still has three arbitration years left. And you look at Tyler Glass now, someone that is under contract at one more year for $25 million. These are the types of players that the Rays trade. Once guys start to get expensive, that is when they move them. They usually do it for prospects. They usually do it for players that have upside and fill needs. That is how a franchise like the Tampa Bay Rays is able to make the playoffs, is able to contend with the Yankees and the Red Sox and all these big market clubs out there because they replenish their farm system and they have a great eye for talent. So we're going to dive into the Randy Arozarena possibility as far as where this fits on my Dodger dog scale as far as how many Dodger dogs I'm going to give this rumor I'm going to give it a two Dodger dogs not because it's MLB nerds not because you've had other people Michael Marino he said can confirm what Jack is reporting here that's been the buzz this week if traded Randy is a huge get for whoever lands him it's just the fact that this is what the Rays do once you start to make some money, they move off of you. And uh, I think that Randy Rosemary would be electric. I think he would provide a spark to this Dodgers offense. The reality is he is one of the best left fielders in the game offensively, defensively, around average. Had one of his best years defensively in this previous season. But you don't get a Randy Rosarena to be an elite outfielder. He definitely plays with a lot of spice out there. He can make it very interesting and has fun at the position. But you want a Randy Rose Rainer for what he can do at the plate. So we're going to break down his numbers and tell you where he fits in with the rest of the league. But let me know down below in the comment section, should the Dodgers trade for Randy Arozarena? And that is our poll question of the day. A Dodgers dugout live poll question of the day. Should the Dodgers trade for Tyler Glasnow and Randy Arozarena? We got that poll up on Dodgers Nation Twitter. And right now, 85% of you say yes. 15% of you say no. We got some comments down here. We got yes, sir, from JC over on the X. Ricky says, Randy shows up when the lights are brightest. Absolutely, he does. He has an OPS of over 1,000 in the postseason. You saw what he did against the Dodgers in 2020. You saw what he did in that postseason. He had 10 home runs. That's the single-season record. Heading into that postseason, there were only four players in big league history that had 20 home runs in the postseason. He hit 10 alone. He was absolutely on fire, went into God mode. He was explosive. We got some more comments Louis V says, Randy is exactly what this franchise needs. We got just. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. 
Rose Durena from Dominic. So some of you want to see just Aronis Durena and no Glasnow. Tim McDonald says, but not Sheehan, Grove, Pepio, Vargas, Bush, Lux. Yeah, we're going to talk about who they might have to part ways with and what a trade package would look like for Arose Rain and Glasnow in a little bit. But do you want to get your take right off the jump here on the possibility of a Rosarena in Dodger Blue? Matt says, if this happens, he would be a lot closer to than, than Tampa Bay. Okay, we got just Randy Rosarena. So some people just want to see Randy Rosarena. So down below in the comment section, you got Perfor Waka over Lugo. What's up, DMAC from San Diego? What up, Francisco Diaz? Over there in the SD, our beach house down there, Dodger Stadium South. Eric Kwan, they need to free up some spots to sign top free agents. We actually are going to get into that in a little bit. And yes, you bring up a fantastic point, Eric. By the way, I'm always looking for that comment of the show. And if I do see one, you'll see one of these. You win. Perfect. And yes, Eric, you bring up a very... Good point in that at some point you're going to have to make some moves just to free up some spots at that 40 man roster because you look at that 40 man after signing Jason Hayward, they are at capacity, right? We're in a club in LA, that club's at capacity. They're not letting anyone in unless people leave, right? And who's going to leave? It's going to be some of the trade potential players, right? It's going to be some of these young up and coming Dodgers. And you look at who they could trade. You could see Nick Frasso, Michael Grove, Kyle Hurt. Landon Knack, Gavin Stone, Yorbit Vivas, Miguel Vargas, Michael Bush, Johnny DeLuca, Andy Pajes, Diego Cartaya, to name a few, right? You could see some of these guys on the move, and that's why if you're the Dodgers, you're in a position where maybe you limit yourself a little bit, especially when it's a team like the Tampa Bay Rays that likes to trade for players that have upside, players that they know that might not be able to help them the current season or the following season, but really they're planting the seeds for a season in the future. Well, if you're the Dodgers, you have to trade some of these guys that are currently on that 40 man roster. So that's a fantastic point, Eric, but let's go down below in the comments. Some more, some more of your takes about Randy Rosarena. Michael Hoffer says, if you are getting a Rosarena because of his postseason, then you have to avoid glass now for the same reason, a 572 postseason ERA. That's a fire take right there, Michael. And I absolutely understand the comment. There's no doubt about it. You look at glass now, 572 postseason ERA. You saw when he faced the Dodgers back in 2020, they had their way with him twice, but it's the raw stuff. It's the potential that he has. And you have to look at it this way. It's not Tyler Glasnow pitching on the Rays. It's Tyler Glasnow pitching on the Dodgers and the Dodgers would only trade for a player. If they thought that one, they could at the very least get his floor which with the Rays is one of the better pitchers in the league, and two, get a pitcher that they think they could increase his level of play, optimize him, whether it be through mechanics, whether it be through using analytics. They trade for players because they want to make them better in Dodger Blue, and Glass now, he has electric stuff. You can't deny that. You look at the fastball and you look at secondary pitches, he absolutely has that. Now, focusing on Arena and what he brings to the table, we got some pros, not a lot of cons, but let's break it down. So one, he is one of the best hitting left fielders in the game. The Dodgers, they need a left fielder. Chris Taylor, love the guy. Chris Taylor has never done anything wrong in his entire life. Chris Taylor is not an everyday left fielder, right? 
His value comes from being the Chris Army knife, right? From being able to play outfield, infield. When you need him in a pinch, he can play third. He can play shortstop. He can play second. That is where his value comes from, right? The modern-day Ben Zobrist, right? You can't just plug him in to left field. You just re-signed Jason Hayward, who is going to play a very similar role that he did last year, right? You're going to see him in there against right-handed pitchers, probably going to see him in right field when Mookie's playing second at times, but he's not someone you're going to throw in left field as your everyday left fielder. By the way, Jason Hayward is going to be on the show tomorrow, so look forward to having Jay Hay recently signed Dodge. He'll be on Dodgers Dugout Live, so I'm excited about that. But bottom line, you need a left fielder. You need an outfielder. You need an impact bat. We don't know if they're going to sign Shohei Otani. If they do, if Shohei Otani was at the end of that double rainbow that we saw yesterday from that Dodgers tweet, then great. You're going to have a great offense. But a Rosarena, like you mentioned, he's incredible in the postseason. But look, the reality is he is one of the best left fielders in the game. A 126 weighted runs created plus last year. So his bat was 26% above league average. That was third in all of Major League Baseball behind Christian Yelich and Juan Soto. A 176 isolated power. Now, what's isolated power? It's slugging percentage minus batting average. It's a really good way to assess overall slug and power. Had a 176 isolated power. That was third in the show last season behind Hap and Soto. 21 home runs, third behind Hap and Soto. A 3.1 F4. That was fourth behind Hap, Yelich, and Soto. Since 2021, since Randy Rose's reign, played his first full season. Since that first full season in 2021, 316 games, over 1,300 plate appearances. He's hit 45 dingers. That's good for fourth. And as a 130 weight runs created plus, that's good for first. Yes, Juan Soto, if he had played left field the entire time, he would be first in that category. But it just gives you an idea of the consistency of Randy Rose's reign. He's not like he was some Pierce, right? Some guy that just had a one-hit wonder in the postseason. No, this is a guy that... Followed up that success with three really, really good years. He's one of the best hitting left fielders in the sport. And also, he's continuing to improve in ways that fit the Dodgers profile. Now, he does strike out more than you would like to see from a Dodgers hitter. That's one of the hallmarks of the Dodgers approach, right? You don't expand the zone. You wait for pitches you can crush. But last season, he was in the 80th percentile in walk rate. He had a 364 on base percentage. That was the highest in a full season for his career. And another thing I like, too, he's under 30 years old, right? He's in the prime of his career. I want guys that you're not going to have for 7, 8, 9, 10 years where towards the back end, you're starting to have to pay for that, right? It felt good at the time, but then you're starting to have to pay those credit card bills and you're really starting to regret the purchase and this and that. No, for him, he has three arbitration years left in his peak prime. That aligns with Freddie Freeman. That aligns with Mookie Betts. That is a... Push all the chips in. Take money out of the 401k. Let's win now. What did Andrew Friedman say? Once the parade, right? What I always say, parades over prospect, right? It fits that mold where you're bringing another impact hitter to try to optimize what you have in the big investments with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. So starting to see a better on-base percentage, taking more walks, under 30, doesn't hit free agency till after the 2026 season. He has three more arbitration years. He's estimated to make $7 million this season. He's a Boris client. And how about this? One of the uh, number, my probably a number one reason is you mentioned it. He's a postseason dog, right? And that has been what this team has lacked the last two seasons, right? Great players, elite in the regular season. But for whatever reason, lights turn bright. 
pitching gets better, stakes get higher, pressure mounts. You just haven't had that big hit in years. Randy Orozarena is not afraid of the big moment. We saw that in the WBC. You saw that with the cowboy boots. You saw that with the strut, the Orozarena strut. In his career, a 11.04 career postseason OPS, 10 home runs. He set the single season record back in 2020. And it kind of fits with what this Dodgers team has done in the past. Of course, they did beat the Rays back in 2020, but there has been this pattern of if you can't beat them, sign them, right? Saw Mookie Betts, 2018. They lose that Red Sox team. Joe Kelly was on that team. They bring both those guys to Dodger Blue. Look at 2019, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner. What they end up doing a few years later, you bring Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers, right? We've seen this a few different times where when the Dodgers have a good look at a player in the postseason, they're interested in those players, right? They've seen what they can do against their lineup and against their pitching, so it makes them a more attractive target. So I am all the way in on Randy Arozarena. I would love to see him in Dodger blue. I think that you have to trade some of these elite prospects from your 40-man roster just to free up spots, not just for potential trade targets you're bringing in, but also free agents you might sign. Guys like Otani, guys like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, right? Those second-tier ones, the Giolitos, the Seth Lugos, right? You need to free up those roster spots right now, and the only way you can do it is by trading away some of these prospects. So we're going to get into some specific trade targets in a second here uh, and who they could include in some of these packages to get a Randy Rose ring. And right now, we haven't seen a Ken Rosenthal or a Jeff Passan or any of these true top-tier insiders say that the Rays are going to move Rose Reina, but this is what they do. This is what the Rays do. It is currently in line. And I think that 25 million for Glasnow, maybe a team like the Cardinals, they pursue a deal like that, but not tons of teams are going to want Glasnow on that one year deal. Only the true win now teams like the Dodgers are going to be interested in it. And 25 mil on a one year deal, it makes some sense. But we're going to break down Tyler Glasnow next. But give me Randy Rose Reina in Dodger Blue. I know they had that mix-up with Will Smith and this and that. No, both were competitors, I understand. I've, we never really even heard Will Smith's side of the story there. But can you imagine Dodger Stadium with Randy Arozarena in left field? I mean, look, sometimes in L.A., it's not just winning. It's how you win, right? And Randy Arozarena would sell a ton of jerseys. He would create a lot of excitement in left field. He would instantly be a fan favorite day one. Day one, even if they signed Shohei Otani, you might get equal cheers for Randy Arose Reina. That is how popular of a player his energy is infectious. And I think that's the kind of spark and that's the kind of personality that this Dodgers clubhouse has lacked in recent years. But let me know down below what are your thoughts on Randy Rose Reina in Dodger Blue. Dave Luna says, DMAC, why do you think Walker Buehler doesn't re-sign with the Dodgers? Look, I mean, we can dive into that in another show, but really the bottom line is you just haven't seen many extensions with this Dodgers team, right? I mean, that's just not what they do. That's not their business model. And Walker Buehler is someone who loves this organization and is in a position to where if he returns and he pitches like an ace, he's going to set himself up for a big payday. I think this is really the first offseason after seeing the reported offer the Dodgers made for Aaron Nola, a six-year deal, $165 million. Before that, they had the Bauer deal. Before that, you had the Garrett Cole offer. But typically, they're extremely selective with the starting pitchers that they offer big contracts to. I know this organization loves 
Walker Buehler, Andrew Friedman sat in his chair and said that he is an ultra competitor, the most competitive pitcher that he's ever seen. And I know that that type of grit and fire, they really value within this organization. I think that he provides intangible benefits as far as he's probably one of the most brilliant pitching minds in the sport. And I know that you're a Dodgers organization that develops pitching, having Walker Buehler there as almost a, a de facto pitching coach, a guy that can always help younger players provides value as well. But the reality is these guys are going to hit free agents. You see, you're not going to see very many extensions from this Dodgers team, but keeping Miller, Pepio and rushing should be the top priority. That's from Dave S. Okay. I'm going to save some names for the next seven where you kind of throw out some trade packages, but I agree that Miller is untouchable. Let's just be honest. I mean, unless you're talking about a really established all-star with a lot of years of team control, Bobby Miller right now, I mean, hate to bring up Freeman again, but he said he has the potential to be a pillar of this rotation, to be a future ace. You don't trade future aces that throw cheddar like that, hit triple digits, and have a nasty five-pitch mix like Bobby Miller, unless it's for an established star. So I'm agree with you. He's untouchable. You can look, but you cannot touch when it comes to big game Bob. But uh, as far as Pepio, he's definitely on another tier of untouchables. I think you look at what he did last year as far as improving the walk rates, the command was better. He definitely had a low bad bip. He had a high strand rate. Those numbers will even out, and you're probably not going to see him with an ERA in the low twos for a long time. But, yeah, he's definitely someone I think could be a high-end number three for you, but I wouldn't say he's untouchable. I would love to see – I would love to uh, absolutely keep in Miller. Would love to keep Pepio, Sheehan, and Rushing. I agree with those three players. I think Sheehan's the one that – we're not talking about as much, but he, to me, his explosive fastball, the way the game's trending, those don't grow on trees. He's someone I think you'd really want to prevent from including in trade packs if you could. But uh, right, just like Syndergaard, yes, for Rosarena. We, Vic, we got a super chat coming up here. We got a super chat from, let's see, where's our super chat? We got 1999. It's going right to the Otani Fund. Dodgers need to get a Rosarena. He makes too much sense. Because he fills so many needs. He's an everyday left fielder, a postseason dog. And if they land Otani, he could bring so much stability to the six through nine part of the lineup. That's a comment of the day. Not just because of the super chat. If that was without the super chat, I wouldn't do I don't want to set this standard where a super chat automatically gets a comment of the day. Okay. That's just not how this works. But that is a comment of the day for the last part of your comment in that. He helps this six through nine. And that's been one of the big things I've been harping on this entire offseason is you can't be too Mookie and Freddie and top the lineup reliant, right? You need guys lower in the order that can produce. A Rosarena, it doesn't matter where you stick him. He is going to go out there and rake. He's proven that over the last three seasons. He's still in the prime of his career. So I could not agree more with that. Hell yeah. Do whatever it takes to get Randy hepatitis. See you later. Yeah. Dodgers fans, Randy over a Rose Reina. I'm seeing this in the comments. You guys loving you some Randy Rose. Remember we got Michael Bush as far as some of you give up. King Yeoman. Randy is Cuban. We got uh, verbal TB probably needs young controllable pitchers due to all their injuries. Would love to would love Randy Rose Reina in LA. Yeah, they need pitching. They're always gonna look for pitching, right? But also they need catching prospects too. They need an outfield prospect as well. So it's kind of things have shifted a little bit in Tampa Bay. But coming up in our next segment, we're gonna throw out some trade packages. We're gonna throw out some 
other possibilities like Seth Lugo, who the Dodgers have been linked to. We're going to give a little update on Dylan Cease. Ken Rosenthal just reported on Dylan Cease, who a lot of people thought was going to be traded actually today or possibly tomorrow. But we've got tons coming up here on a live episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And smash that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm telling you, if we get 3,000 likes, Otani is in Dodger blue by the end of next week. So definitely hit that like button. By the way, also, we're brought to you by GearUp.LA for the best Dodgers t-shirts in the game. Head over to GearUp.LA. Also, download that Dodgers Nation app, the best Dodgers app of the game. Scores highlights everything from Dodgers Nation you're going to find in that app. But I see more comments down below. Hepatitis C later says Pajes, Cartaya, Nack, Vivas for Glasnow and Randy. So I think part of the deal for Randy Rose Rain, it could include Tyler Glasnow. And let's say the Dodgers don't get Dylan Cease. Let's say they don't get Corbin Burns. Well, if you're truly going to cash in on some of these prospects to get a starting pitcher, which appears to be the plan, one of the best options available is Glasnow. Now, really, the knock on Glasnow has always been he's really good when he's out there, can't stay healthy. He's filthy, doesn't have a great track record in the postseason, has an ERA close to six. All those are true, but let's not ignore the upside potential. The upside potential that Tyler Glasnow has because, look, the reality is when he's been on the mound, he's been absolutely filthy since 2019. He's thrown 332 and two-thirds innings, has a 9.3 F4. That's a 4.2 F4 per 150 innings pitched. Talk about other aces. Aaron Nola, one of the more durable pitchers in his generation of this last free agency class. He's been worth 3.5 F4 per 150 innings since 2019. So per 150 innings, Glasnow has been better than guys like Aaron Nola. The only issue is, it is the durability. And can you keep him healthy? Well, guess what? He's on a one-year contract. And that, to me, is the biggest kicker here. So I think Glasnow, he's someone that, if it's a one-year deal, he's has all the incentive in the world to stay healthy and go out there and shove, be a part of this Dodgers rotation, come back to California, it makes a ton of sense. Now, as far as, as trade packages, who the Dodgers have to give up? Well, the Rays, they need a catcher. The Rays, they need outfield prospects as well. For me, they also are a team that loves those multi-inning relievers that throw high velocity. So first thing I'm looking at is who can I keep? Who do I want to keep? I want to keep Dalton Rushing. I want to keep Ryan Pepio. I want to keep Emmett Sheehan. Most people, I'm open for business, right? Everything has a price. 
But those are the three that I'm trying to keep. Bobby Miller goes without saying, right? He's essentially untouchable at this point, depending on the player. But if you could get Randy Rosarena and Tyler Glasnow for Diego Cartaya, Michael Bush, maybe a Nick Frasso and a Michael Grove, that's a deal that wows them, right? That's a deal that could hopefully knock their socks off if they still believe that Cartaya has a potential to be an elite catcher, that has that power, that prodigious power that he hits with, the modern-day Mike Piazza, if you will. I mean, if you believe in that at all, even though he has slipped precipitously on prospect rankings boards, and there's no doubt about it, hit under 200 last year, he really struggled at the plate at times, his kryptonite breaking balls away, but still he did improve as a catcher. From a game-calling standpoint, he handled one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, probably the best high-velocity pitching staff at the minor league level that we've ever seen. So he did improve defensively. So maybe you could still sell Diego Cartaya without having to be pennies on the dollar. He still was an elite prospect once. The Rays are a team, though. It's You always have to be careful when you deal with the Rays because if the Rays are calling me and they're saying, okay, I like this guy, I like that guy, I like that guy, then I'm saying to myself, well, why do you like this guy and that guy and that guy? Because the Rays their eye for talent is unmatched because they can't go out there and sign Shohei Otani. They can't go out there and make these big free agent signings and have a payroll north of $250 million. They have to hit on these prospects for them to be a successful organization, and they have done that for a long time. So if you have to trade Bush, if you have to trade Cartaya, if you have to trade Gavin Stone is someone that I think could be included in a deal. Kyle Hurt is someone that I think would make sense for the Rays because he's someone that profiles as a explosive multi-inning reliever, uh, Michael Grove. But any of those guys right in there, you're going to have to move because, like I said earlier, they are limited in the sense that you have to trade some of these prospects on your 40-man roster because you're bringing in two guys and you're still going out there and trying to sign free agents like Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, right? You can only have 40 players on that 40-man roster and you only have 26 on the active roster. So those are all things you have to consider. But the thing about this trade that makes the prospect capital potentially high is one, a lot of teams out there are going to love the idea of adding Randy Rosarena. And two, he has three more years of team control. Three more years. You would be getting him for three more seasons. He doesn't become a free agent until after the 2026 season. That raises the price. So you have to factor that in as well. So who would you guys give up for Randy Rose? I actually asked you guys that over on Twitter. So I'm going to pull that up. But drop that down below in the comment section. Who would you include in a package for Randy Rose Arena and Tyler Glasnow? Like I said, dealing with the Rays is always is always something that you want to be careful about. But don't forget, you got Andrew Friedman, who had played a big role in building the Rays into our, to what they are. So, you know, you know, Andrew knows everyone around there. You know that that they're going to respect him and the Rays and the Dodgers, they're natural trade partners. We got Michael Creo. You need to trade like six and seven guys for Glasnow and Randy, but you're going to get the fringe guys, right? They're going to include the lower level prospects. We're just talking about the core guys, including that deal. That's what the Rays are going to do. You're going to get those guys but you also have to clear those 40-man roster spots, and you'll still include some of the high upside, more wild card type picks. But when you look at who they could include and you talk about some of the big names in there, those are definitely some that I think will... Andy Pajes is a guy too, an outfielder 
If you're looking for outfielders, right? Yorbit Vivas is someone that they could also include in a deal. But uh, yeah, I asked you guys over on Twitter, who would you include in a deal for Randy Rosarena? We got three Dodger dogs and cash coach Ripley. That's a bruh. bruh. That's not going to get, maybe with, that's not going to get done. Dave Roberts, who would trade Dave Roberts. That's not going to get it done. Also won't clear a spot off the 40 man. Pajes and Stone, Eli, Eli that's definitely not going to get it done. We got uh, Trevor Bauer, Julio Arias. He's not on the team anymore. Outman, Justin Navarro. Look, that's, I think they want to keep Outman. I think that James Outman is someone that they know is under team control for quite some time. He was picked in the seventh round. He emerged as someone who finished third in the rookie of the year voting, which I predicted, and also had 23 home runs, 118 weighted runs, created plus. He improved defensively as the season went along. Sometimes you got to keep those core Dodgers. And like I said, he had, he checks off a box of that fans love him. I can tell you this. Dodgers do consider that. They truly do. Why didn't they brought back Kike Hernandez? Other than the fact that he was definitely good and had a role, but he James Outman is one of the more popular players on the team. And I think maybe eventually he moves to a corner outfield spot, but right now he can hold it down in center field. And if you trade James Outman, who's going to be your center fielder, right? I don't think Mookie Betts, you want to see a full season at center field. Hayward played some center field last year, but that's a, that's a position. It's a young guy's position. Let's be honest, right? It's a young player's position. And I think James Altman is uh, the man for that spot. We got um, any four picks out of the farm from Brooklyn. Someone said a Torta. That, how, I don't know how good that Torta is, but if it's really good, I don't know. But I, I don't think that's going to gonna cut it. Cartaya from George over on Twitter. Taylor and Bush. That's from TL620. Now, I don't think Taylor makes a ton of sense. Still has two more years on his contract from that four-year $60 million deal. You still want to keep him for that positional versatility. But we got, uh, we'd got we get over trading Alvin. That's from Jerry. I'm not saying that you wouldn't get over him. I mean, you probably would. I don't think that Altman's going to win an MVP. But you also have to consider when you're bringing in potentially Shohei Otani at 500 plus million. When you're considering bringing in a Yoshinobu Yamamoto or a Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, and you're considering adding over six, seven hundred plus million dollars in payroll this offseason, what does that mean? That means you have to take advantage of the guys you have that are on affordable contracts that are under team control. The James Outmans, the Gavin Luxes. I mean, just go ask the Anaheim Angels, how it worked out for them to have a top-heavy team with no depth on the margin. So that, to me, is what's more about. I mean, yeah, the fan thing is cool and all. It's all great. James, you can't get him out, man. He looks like Tarzan but doesn't play like Jane, right? I mean, that's all fun. But the most important thing is that he's a productive player on a very affordable contract. But, yeah, next top, we got uh, SD Fleece Tampa Bay in two separate deals. First was Cronenworth and Tampa Bay aren't. Invaluable. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to have good trades and bad trades. There's no doubt about it. I think really it's just fitting the profile of what those teams are after. I like this one from Dustin Dugan, Cartaya, Frasso, and Grove. Yeah, it's the one that I mentioned earlier in the show. Eric Quantz's Cartaya, Bush, Knack, and Stone for a Rosarena. Bobby says Bush, Gonsolin, Cartaya, Pajes, and Taylor. That's, see, I think it's going to be difficult for them to take on that Taylor contract. It's a, it's a value deal. If you look at a versatile defender with an above average bat, but it feels like they're going to want to go in a different direction with high upside prospects. We got personally, I believe there are no untouchable players. Johnny Owen for the right type of players. I agree. I mean, if you want to give me Julio Rodriguez for Bobby Miller in a trade, yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but 
I, we're talking about the players that are available for sure. We got use the farm. We have great prospects. We get over it. Yeah. Jimmy O stays. That's from El Rojas. Now another name we heard yesterday that the Dodgers have been linked to just to switch gears here a little bit is Seth Lugo. Robert Murray from Fanside, he reported that the Dodgers were interested in signing Lugo. I find that to be a very interesting name. There was some whispers last year that L.A. was considering signing him on a one-year deal, and I think that fits into this next tier that we've talked about on this show. Yes, you need the aces. Yes, you need the frontline guys, but this is that tier where you have the Lucas Giolito types that maybe you could get on a two-year, $40-plus-million-dollar deal with an option after the first year. Hope he has a great year, and then he opts out, signs a bigger deal. Seth Lugo is someone who I don't think gets enough credit for the year he had last year in L.A. Remember, he had that mix-up with with the Dodgers and Mookie went off on him and this and that. Didn't pitch his best that day, but he was really, really solid with the Padres last season. He posted a 357 ERA, a 383 FIP, had a 23.2% strikeout rate. That was in the 49th percentile, so around league average when it comes to strikeouts, but a pristine 6% walk rate. That was in the 83rd percentile. And here's a fact about Lugo. 5.6 innings per start, that was more than Blake Snell. So what Seth Lugo is, is he's an extremely, extremely rock-solid 3-4-5 type of pitcher, right? Really 3-4 range, something in that range. And what he did last year, which I found really interesting, is he signed at 1-plus-1 deal with the Padres, $7.5 million with the opt-out, and he bet on himself. And not just bet on himself as a pitcher, as a starting pitcher pitchers so just to get you caught up on Seth Lugo's career in a little snapshot when he was with the New York Mets they had a surplus of starters they didn't have a surplus of relievers so he originally went from a starting pitcher at the minor league level then to begin his career with the Mets and then he went into a swingman role a long reliever role and then into a one inning guy with the Mets and then last year he retransitioned to being a starting pitcher so the big question was Could he go the innings? How would this stuff look later in games? Would he be effective? Well, he posted similar numbers as a starting pitcher than he did as a reliever. So last year was a win. One year, seven and a half million, basically, because he opted out. Now he's going to put himself in a position to sign a $39 to $45 million multi-year deal. And the only reason you could get him at that price is because he doesn't have a long track record of being a starting pitcher because the Mets had such a surplus of starters. So you could be looking at getting a guy for high value there. So it does make some sense. Now, like I said, number three starter, if you look at that pitch mix, I mean, one of the nastiest, nastiest curveballs that we've ever seen, really. I mean, it's just a sick curveball when he first came up. And then very efficient, pounds the zone, doesn't walk, guys. The fastball has actually improved. Last year, his sinker was elite at getting called strikes. If you look at his career highs last year, career high in innings pitch, 146 in the third. Previous career high was 101. Had a 2.8 F4. That was also a career high. From an injury standpoint, for the most part, he's been durable throughout his career. He missed a month due to a calf strain. He's had elbow issues in the past, but for the most part, he's been solid. Now, what kind of contract is he going to sign? If you look at fan grass, if you look at MLB trade rumors, it's pretty much in the range of three years, 39 million. So yeah, if all we do this off season is bring back Jason Hayward and sign Seth Lugo, 
you guys are going to riot. It's going to be big time problems here in Dodgerland. But if you're looking at this guy as a secondary piece in that Lucas Giolito mold, it does make some sense. Think of it this way. Basically, Lucas Giolito is the guy that you could get that has more upside potential. A guy that's pretty much a high-level three, maybe on his best day, a number two. But if everything goes right and he's feeling it and he's in no-hitter mode like we saw with the White Sox, he has nights where he's pitching like a number one. The upside, the ceiling for a Lucas Giolito is higher. Only reason you could get him at a discounted rate is because he had a down year where he gave up 41 home runs. Well, said Lugo is someone a little more proven as far as what he did last season, but doesn't have a long history of being a starting pitcher. And you're going to have to commit more years to him and probably have him for three, possibly four years where Giolito, I anticipate him signing a shorter term deal to bet on himself to re-enter free agency and get himself back on track. If I had to pick between Giolito, a Harvard Westlake Wolverine from SoCal, a guy who I think in this Dodgers organization could absolutely flourish I think I'm going the Lucas Giolito route versus a Seth Lugo, but I do think Seth Lugo would be a solid option. But let me know down below in the comment section what would your thought, what are your thoughts on the possibility of signing Seth Lugo? We got Otani news next week. Did someone report that? Let me know down below. Adam eight one eight. By the way, I don't even need to watch. I'm on Otani time. It doesn't matter. It's all about Otani. First thing I think about when I wake up. Last thing I think about before I go to bed. Uh, forget Shoney. It's just a money attraction. Disagree. I'm good on Lugo. Moose, 1030. You're like, no, thanks. No, thanks on Lugo. Any news about Kike, LBC? You know what? That was one of the first thoughts that crossed my mind after the Hayward signing is, what is up with Kike? Kike Hernandez, he did post a picture on Instagram, I believe, wearing a Dodger hat, but it wasn't like Dodger blue. It was kind of that military one. And when you go to Lids, and there's like the Dodger had 50 colors. So I don't think that was any indication, but I do think that, he makes sense to be back with the Dodgers. He plays a specific role. He's a postseason performer. He's someone who has that versatility. But just joining Arose Reina all the way from Tim Rogers. What up, Mr. Tim Rogers? My guy, Dodgers 2080. By the way, we did a little crossover a few days ago. So definitely go check that out on his channel. He was on our channel for his top 10 prospects. We broke that down. My guy, Tim Rogers. We got the Lugo broke down last year for Michael Creo. Yeah, he did break down a little bit towards the end. That would be probably the biggest con is do you see him as a three-year starting pitcher then give you over 150 innings? I have my doubts, but on the same token, that's why you could get him at a discounted rate. So you have to kind of look at it this way. And I will tell you this, the Dodgers, if they're interested in you once, and you perform to expectations, there's probably a pretty good chance that they're going to want to kick the tires and maybe take a flyer on you in the future. Almost think, I mean, Tyler Anderson was someone, just look at how Tyler Anderson performed on that one-year deal, got himself a nice bag with the Angels, hasn't performed since, right? So it's something to consider. Lugo is someone who, the curveball, the breaking stuff, the sinker, I mean, he does make sense. I mean, Yamamoto or bust this offseason, we need the next Nomo in Dodger Blue. That's from Sean over on YouTube. You know I love me some Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I mean, at the Laker game, sitting courtside, trying to get a feel for this L.A. culture. He has that star power in the prime of his career, dominated the MPB, sub-2 ERA, it's won multiple Salamora Awards, the equivalent to their Cy Young. Yeah, I, I've been all about Yoshinobu for 
months now. I'd love to see him in L.A. Biggest reason why, though, my number one thing for Yoshinobu is the hope that if you were to sign to a five-year, to a nine-year deal or an eight-year deal, which because of his age, he could probably get, that it do that it does include some opt-outs where if he performs well, you get him for the prime of his career and maybe opts out later. That's a possibility. But yeah, I love the unknown. Give me the mystery box, right? It's the Family Guy episode with the mystery box, right? I mean, there's a boat in a bottle and Peter Griffin has to decide between the boat in a bottle or the mystery box. And then Peter ends up taking the mystery box and inside the mystery box was tickets to like a crappy comedy show. So he ends up regretting it, but I still like the mystery box. Give me the mystery box because one, it's exciting. Two, opposing teams don't have the familiarity, right? So all these lineups out there in year one, they're going to have to adjust to Yamamoto. Hope that helps them coming out of the gate strong. It, you could also play devil's advocate there, and I can give you both sides of the coin in that he has not proved himself in the show, and you're on a win-now team in the Dodgers that needs to win next season. That's something to consider as well. Do you want someone that has more of a history pitching at this level? But, yeah, I would love Yoshinobu, Yamamoto. I mean, why can't, I mean, like I said, end of that rainbow yesterday over Dodger Stadium, you got Yamamoto, you got a trade for a Rosarena glass. Now we bring Kike back. You get Shohei. Come on now. I mean, that's not entitlement, right? That's expectation. This team has the resources to pull off deals and signings like that. That is the reality. I see that out there that oh, Dodgers fans are too entitled. Dodgers fans are entitled to Shohei Otani. They're entitled to these trades. No, everything that you're seeing that could transpire this off season has been in the works for over a decade right? You don't pull off big trades unless you spend a decade developing your farm system, pouring your resources into coaching, pouring your resources into science and nutrition and analytics, right? And also the Dodger brand, selling out the ravine, getting the TV deal they have, right? It's not entitlement. This is expectation because they have the resources to get it. But uh, let's keep reading the comments here. Um, let's see what didn't happen. Nail it with. I want to see this. Oh, here we go. Hepatitis, see you later. Randy and Glasnow combined value is 46.30 on baseball. Trade values combined with Cartaya, River, Ryan, Stone. Pajas equals 68.60. To get Randy on three years control, we'll have to overpay, which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great reminder right there. That's a fire take from Hepatitis, see you later. Is that you You look at the, the MLB trade values. It's fun. I encourage it. It's great. I think it's awesome for baseball fans. It reminds me of what the ESPN trade machine was for NBA fans back in the day. I remember basically ignoring teachers in high school and this and that and just doing NBA trade machine stuff for like the entire thing. And I, I'm not saying do that, but it definitely helps you understand the prospects and potentially what their values as far as team control. But just because you have an even amount, right? Like you mentioned, 46 30 to 46.30 doesn't mean the Rays are going to say, okay, it's an even deal. No, you have to vastly overpay as what hepatitis just said, when you have years of team control, when players aren't just free agents. And on top of that, you have a very aggressive market this off season with a lot of trades looking to make impact moves. So look, that's how it is. I mean, baseball is extremely, extremely competitive. Now I feel like the off season is almost as competitive as the regular season because you have the expanded postseason. Usually it was the trade deadline. We have to pay the biggest premium, but to get premium talent, which you need to win the world series, it comes at a cost. Scared money. Don't make none. You have to go and find a way to get these pieces can't save your way to wealth, right? You just can't save these prospects and hope they're going to emerge. 
in the timeline where Mookie and Freddie are at their prime. So I agree 100%. We got Cole over on YouTube says, DMAG, would you trade May as he is injury prone or move him to the bullpen full time? By the way, we're going to go full blown just comments for the last few minutes of the show. So be sure to fire away all your takes. Any super spicy lava, super hot takes. You're going to see one of these. I'm still looking for some more comments of the day. Any burns? You're going to see one of these. Uh, to get to your question, I definitely think with May, if you were to trade him now, that would tell me that another organization probably sees the upside in him, and you're probably going not to get a great value for him, right? You're going to be trading him for pennies on the dollar. I mean, he still is elite stuff potentially. I think if I'm the Dodgers, you have enough pitching depth, you have enough resources to go out there and get pitching depth to where you could stash away Dustin May, allow him to rehab, get him back at some point towards the end of next summer, see what he has. If he's still throwing 98 to 100 mile per hour sinkers, if his stuff still moves more than a military family, and there is the potential of Dustin Mania, I mean, can you imagine how intimidating that would be to have Dustin May as a closer? Until I see... Dustin may fail or get injured as a closer. I'm keeping him in my organization because his stuff you can't teach. The movement is filthy. The velocity is filthy. So I'm hoping that he can get back on the mound. So me personally, I'm keeping him in my organization. And I almost think that it's not a good thing because it's always better to be a starting pitcher, but his stuff is so good that maybe it'll just work out for him as an elite multi-inning reliever or an elite closer. His stuff is that good. A little pitch to contact. There is that. Probably want to see him miss a little more bats, increase that strikeout rate, but still. Tim and Doug, the All-Star team. What up, Moose 1030 Rockman? Let's appreciate you, my guy. Craig Osterberg. Hi, DMAC. Hi, Craig Osterberg. I'll give you a comment of the day for that. We got, have you heard anything about the jock rumors? LBC, Geo. So, Dave Vasse, AM570, he reported on his show that there was a little communication there, but doesn't feel like there's too much smoke in that one. That's, I think, the only thing that has been mentioned about Jock Peterson at the moment. So right now, it doesn't feel like a reunion is imminent or they're deep into talks. I mean, look, I mean, Jocktober, man, I love Jock Peterson. Trust me, I really, really do. And you're talking about if you add Otani, you have Freddie Freeman, you have some left-handed backs, you have James Outman, right? So you got just signed Jason Hayward, right? Do you want to add another left-handed bat? Or you want to focus on impact right-handed bat? Because me personally... That's what I want to figure that out. So we got Waka is a good pickup. Maybe we'll break down Waka tomorrow. Tim Anderson. Don't see a fit for him from Rojas over there. We got uh, Lux and Taylor for Cease and Adames. That's pretty interesting what you did there, Larry, because you combined two teams and then you had Lux for, you know, Lux, you know, be, you know I look, I'm not saying I'd trade Lux for Adames, but it would be interesting if the Brewers wanted Lux, right? Is someone from Wisconsin, if the Brewers are truly into a rebuild, right? I mean, if they would make that call, I mean, Lux under so much team control, Adamus under one more year. I'd prefer to keep Lux again. See if you have someone who could be the long-term solution at shortstop. We got, uh, we need Kike from Diane Shooter. Need the banana back in Dodger blue. I agree 100%. Lakers win. We got LB. We got, uh, we are not the Baltimore Orioles or Tampa Bay Rays. That's from Justin Lamas. We're not. And that's definitely not what this organization is. And I think it's kind of a misconception out there. I mean, you have a guy, 365 million on Mookie Betts, Freddie 162 million. To act like this is like a penny pinching Dodger team, I think that narrative is just false. It's just they're extremely, extremely selective. You can't have every single big name player because every big name player plays a certain position and fills a role. 
right? You just have to be very selective. I know for a fact they want Shohei Otani. I've been told they're going hard after Shohei Otani, right? That's all I need to know, right? I just, if they don't get Shohei Otani, yes, I will definitely need some time off and you'll have to respect my privacy during that time. It's going to be tough. But as long as they're not getting outbid by the Giants, as long as they're not lowballing him, I will be able to accept it because at the end of the day, it's free agency. It's Otani's decision. But uh, we got uh, Dave Roberts should be an asset in attracting these Japanese pitchers. That's from Cole. Who's to say he's not? If you put Dave Roberts in a room with any player, I can guarantee you that's only additive. That's only positive. Say what you want about Dave Roberts and his game management. Personality is a 100th percentile on baseball savant, right? X personality, X infectious energy. Dave Roberts has that in spades. Say what you want about him as far as game management, but you can't doubt his energy and his personality. So I think it probably only helps. We got Roberts is a liability from Jerry trade Gonsolin candy. We got what's up Cody Bellinger. What up Cody? We're going to sign man. Let us know. Break it right here. That'd be cool. Allen just Randy Rose is Raina and we have the financial strength and farm to get Randy Dylan sees in Shohei and Yoshinobu only Friedman only Freeman and Betts are long-term commitments. Exactly. I mean, if you compare what the Dodgers have to other teams out there outside of Mookie and Freddie, Long-term, it's a very clean payroll. I mean, even this offseason, you're about $100 million away from even hitting that CBT at $237 million and paying that penalty. You give Otani $50 million, right? You just gave Hayward $9 million, right? They still have wiggle room. And guess what? This is an organization they've shown they're willing to go over and pay the penalty. They're going to do it for the fourth consecutive year. So wouldn't worry about that. DMAC. Are they going to do anything before the winter meetings and when? That's from Doug Slayton. I think that really is related to just where the market's going. I think from a trade standpoint, we're already more active than we were this time last year. This time last year, it was a ghost town as nothing was happening. It felt like we were in a lockout, right? I mean, when you look at how things were progressing, it was very slow. But I definitely think there's a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if we got some big signing but look the the reality is it's the 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 Otani domino has to fall for the Bellingers and the Chapmans and all these other guys that the Giants or Dodgers might be interested in it for that to happen I think the Juan Soto trade feels like it could happen too and we'll talk about that tomorrow Juan Soto how that'll impact the Dodgers but a couple more here that we are going to head out here on this Thursday edition of Dodgers dugout live drop those takes down below anything on Rosarena Anything on Glasnow, they better get Otani, BC. That sounded like an order. They better get Otani. Armando, show, show Armando Flores over on YouTube. Shohei is not worth it. Might as well sign Ryu. Shohei is not guaranteed to perform as he's been this last few years with all his injuries. And now pitching in 2024 is a big red flag. Well, I got news for you. Every player is a risk. Every player is going to have a decline at some point. But the reality is, if you just look at the war to the numbers to sponsorship possibilities, the marketing opportunities. The reality is even just as a bat, he's worth the price and he's absolutely worth the price of mission. So I respectfully disagree with you on that one. I think Shohei is worth all the money and then some bring back the rally banana. I agree. Zachary DMAC. You think Yamamoto is waiting on what Otani is doing? Absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, I think you talk, you, I forgot who reported. I want to say it was Rosenthal or was it, was it Murray? Someone reported a couple of days ago that 
he is going to make his decision after the winter meetings or at some point towards then. So it feels like he is on his own timeline. The reality is Otani's not pitching next year. So a team that needs pitching, will Otani truly hold up that market? I think to an extent, because you look at the contract he's after, let's say the Giants, they want Otani, right? And they're willing to spend big. If he signs with the Dodgers, I think the Giants will be more content going higher on a Yamamoto because they have to get something this offseason. So I definitely think they're correlated. There's no doubt about it. But a couple more here, guys. Let me get some fire takes. Otani ain't going to a no-name players losing Giants team in a city that's Gotham 2.0. That's from Nando 390. I'll give you a fire take from that. Yeah. If he goes to SF, like SF stands for season finished, right? I don't think they have the depth. It'll be October. It'll be season finished. Late September will be season finished. I just don't think they have the depth to put field a World Series winning roster next season or even the following season. And I think that's the most important thing. And if he does that, I think that we probably just did not have an accurate assessment on what Otani's wants and needs were. I mean, Lucas Giolito said on foul territory yesterday, he wants to win. Everyone you talk to says he wants to win. Like I told you, he made a list when he was in high school and on that list of accomplishments that he, or goals he wanted to accomplishment was he wanted to win a world series by his age 26 season still hasn't done that. So I think winning is important to him. You see the look on his face. I don't think that there's any doubt about that, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers dugout live. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers nation YouTube channel. Do me a huge favor. Join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you want to see Shohei Otani in Dodger blue, smash that like button. Remember, that brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. Boy, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing. Oh, this is pretty funny. Mitchell Hawkins says, my wife told me to hide if Otani signs elsewhere. See, I was waiting for those. The Mitchell right. Hopkins of the world still hasn't made the playoffs. That's from Tim Rogers. Zero chance Otani signs with the Dodgers from Carl. But that's going to do it. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue. Bleed blue, and I'm out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.